the root of the reality that we are experiencing is really who we embody, who we think that we are, or not even in a conscious way, but in a, an unconscious way. We have to learn how to tease out our ways of being that actually are no longer serving us and then consciously choose who we desire to be in order to create that reality that we desire. The reality that we are experiencing right now is a result of who we were being in the past. And the reality that we are going to experience in the future is a result of the decisions that we make right now. Welcome to The Marissa Morrison Show, where you'll discover your inner power to create the life you desire. I'm Marissa, and I began my business as a 19-year-old, single mom, broke, and in college. Today, I run a seven-figure business that teaches entrepreneurs how they can have it all without the frustration and overwhelm. Abundance, peace, joy, and overflowing love are available to you. And I'm here to show you the way to a richer, more vibrant life that radiates into your business, bringing you higher profits and profound fulfillment. You see, when you connect with the miracle that is you, you become an unstoppable force that doesn't need to push for success. Consider this an invitation to step into a new world of possibilities, empowering perspectives, and radical breakthroughs. Buckle up and get ready to see the world around you in an entirely new light. This is your life, and you don't need to wait to experience your dreams. It all starts now. Makosi, thank you so much for joining me today. It is an absolute delight to have you here with us. You are such a light to this generation and a voice of possibility. And I am so, so excited for our conversation and empowering these incredible women who are tuning in today to discover themselves more fully and to create a life that they're so excited to wake up to every day. And so I know that you're going to be an empowering vessel. And I just want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You know, I love having these kinds of conversations because the more that we do, the more people see what possibilities are open for them. Absolutely. That's what I'm all about. It's your life and it's up to you to create it into that vision. And so I would love to get to know you a little bit for those that are tuning in and are like, okay, who is this royal shaman and what is she about? So tell me a little bit about your journey and what got you to where you are today. Yeah, there's so many sides to my story. It's almost like I was living multiple lives at the same time. I had one aspect of me that was of the world and another aspect that was more spiritual and that hidden for a long period of time. But really, my journey starts from childhood. I experienced trauma as a child, and I grew up in southern West Virginia, a very small town, mixed race, and my mom was a single teenage mom. So the ideas of what was possible for me were very limited, and I didn't have a lot of examples around me to really look to. But I was a little rebellious on the inside and came across some statistics about, you know, the status quo. And that instilled in me this idea of, well, I don't want to be that, right? I don't know what that is, but I don't want to be that. I want to make something of myself. And simultaneously, I was having spiritual experiences and really got into 
personal development and spirituality and consciousness fairly young, but it didn't really take over my life until my early 20s. So I was going about my life trying to break the statistics, trying to achieve what everyone tells you success looks like, and simultaneously was having these very spiritual experiences. So in my early 20s, I had given birth to my son, who now is 10 years old, almost 11, and he really just activated something in me. I was about to graduate from college and go to med school, and I just couldn't fathom leaving him. And I had an experience, a near-death experience after giving birth, where I developed postpartum preeclampsia, but I didn't know that I had. And a little voice woke me up and told me, get up, get dressed, go to the hospital. And I obeyed (laughs) that little voice, went to the hospital, and my uh, blood pressure was like in comatose levels. I should have been in a coma. So I ended up spending five days in the hospital after giving birth. So when this little guy came through this very traumatic experience, like the entire fertility journey, my pregnancy, his birth, all of it was quite traumatic. I realized that there was nothing that I desired more than to be with him. And so I set aside my ideas of going to med school and just focused on, all right, this is what I desire. How do I right now get to experience what I desire? And I started, uh, well, I ended up going to work at Target, which was a big slice of humble pie. (laughs) After thinking you're going to med school, then ending up at Target. But I still didn't feel like I had what I wanted. So I followed my intuition and that led me into really my first experience with business success in direct sales. And I had been in a few companies prior to that and done pretty well. But this was like my first time in the very top of the company experiencing what everybody tells you you should want, right? I experienced, you know, cash bonuses and the free trips to Vegas and mansion parties and, you know, all of that fabulousness. And still I was not, though I enjoyed what I was doing, it wasn't something I hated, but it wasn't using my full potential. So I started asking God, source, spirit, the universe, different questions like, who am I? What am I really here to do? Like, what is the purpose of all of this? And that ultimately started creating various signs and synchronicities in my life. And it's interesting, I've been reflecting on really what has been the difference, like what has brought me to this point versus so many others. and. The truth of that is, is that I just listen. I just listen and I actually take the action that most people resist, are scared to, or, you know, find excuses not to. I don't wait until everything falls apart (laughs) anymore to actually just follow that inner guidance, that inner voice. So that, long story short, led me on a five-year spiritual journey. I went through a mystery school initiation and then ultimately ended up in Africa initiating to become a shaman. 
Sangoma technically is what it's called in um, Zulu. And when I returned from completing that process, I put out my my shingle and just started serving. And that has evolved over the last five years now to where I've created an absolutely incredible seven-figure-plus business. I've supported so many incredible conscious entrepreneurs in really creating their dreams as well. And some of them even beyond what they could dream, right? Things that they didn't even consider as a possibility or even know to dream have come into their reality. And that is my, like, that is my life's work now is to really support leaders in now a variety of ways, not just entrepreneurs. I also work with people who are in corporate as well. But ultimately, I think you and I can agree that our inner world is creating our outer world. And when we can master our consciousness, we can create and affect the world, not just for ourselves, but also in the big picture. Absolutely. That is so beautiful. What a journey you've been on. And I went on your website before we got on and I, I love your timeline. And I actually was born the same year as you. And yeah, hey. so <laughs> hey. <laughs> and I just, I feel like, you know, a lot of times when we're facing those traumatic experiences, it feels like the world is over. It feels like, where's the silver lining? Like, how does this make sense in my life? And I think for you looking back, it's like, man, not only did it make sense, but it really gave you the wisdom that you needed for this next chapter. It expanded who you were into this being and this beautiful woman that you are today. And so I'm such a believer in those moments of darkness leading us into the light. And so I just commend you for listening and being the vessel and helping so many people. And I know you know the ripple. It's like you help one person and it's so infinite. And so I know the difference that you're making is huge. And so I just want to take a moment and just say thank you for that contribution that you're giving. Thank you so much. You know, every once in a while, I mean, I am not without my own moments of like, should I really be doing this? Like, can I? Uh, I also am kind of, people are really surprised I have an introverted side to me. And that side of me very often, I'm, you know, like I have an internal battle with. And every single time I ask my intuition, my my guides, I call them my spirit squad. Um, when I ask my spirit squad, like, is this what I should be doing? It's like, yes. And then I just have to work through my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that life though? It's like, I think the most beautiful part of life is the relationship with yourself and it never ends. It's just always, never. I love the word expanding. It's always expanding, evolving and begins and ends with us individually. So, well, I would love to know as we're digging into this topic of listening, which really was such a part of your journey as you shared when people come to you and they have these dreams, I know you do so much inner work with them. And like you said, help them to see more for themselves. But in the beginning, what do you find that most people are really fueled by? Yeah, um, I wish it wasn't this way, but typically it's some sort of pain, right? Typically there is either an event where maybe somebody close to them 
makes their transition to the other side or they have their own experience with death, coming close to death or sickness, that also can really trigger things. But also, you know, more positive things coming into their life that just in one split second create this, wait, there's more for me out there, right? I am a really big proponent. This sounds kind of dark, but it really is useful. If people really lived like they are dying, because the truth is all of us are, we are, we always think that, oh, there's going to be another moment, or maybe when I get to X, Y, Z level, then I will experience what I desire, or then I will, you know, follow my dreams and so on and so forth. And they're always waiting on something externally to happen. And it creates this like vicious cycle. And the truth is, I don't like to fear monger, but I've just seen it too many times where we ignore the little voice that is telling us what to do, where to go, who with, so on and so forth. And it starts as a whisper and then it gets louder and louder and louder until it starts affecting your life and everything starts to collapse around you until you not only listen, but actually take the steps that your higher self, your inner voice is telling you to take. I love that. It's so true. It's so, so true. And I think getting really clear on that voice is so important, which I'd love to talk more about here in our conversation together. And I know that one thing that really causes a lot of frustration, and it's almost as if it's this, this autopilot pattern that's going on inside of us, where there's this constant loop of go after the achievement, achieve it, feel like it's enough, be so proud. If if, you know, not everyone feels that. Sometimes they don't even feel the the moment of celebration at all, but hopefully they do. And then of course, going back into feeling like it's not enough and then back into achieving and then, oh, it's not enough. And it's this loop of constantly achieving and not feeling enough. Yeah. Um, this is such for high achievers, right? Like it becomes almost like an addiction to constantly be chasing achievement. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with pursuing achievement, certification, your next level, so on and so forth. However, when we understand that we are pursuing anything, really, whether it's love or money or you know a new house or whatever, we're pursuing those things because we desire to feel a specific state, a specific state of being, a certain frequency in our reality. And we think that that thing outside of us is what's going to create it. For example, so many of the people who come to me, the core frequency they're trying to experience is freedom. So they pursue money because they think that it's going to give them freedom, or they pursue visibility because they think it's going to create this feeling of freedom. The problem is, is that that's very fleeting. It only lasts for a second. And you have to work really, really hard to get those things when that is not already the frequency that you are operating in. So one thing that has two effects, right, is when we actually embody the frequency of what we desire, it magnetizes that to us. 
And simultaneously, we don't have to wait until later. We don't have to wait until something happens externally in order to feel the state, right? So freedom is a core frequency for me. I'm on this podcast with you right now because this feels like freedom. The ability to get on and have these kinds of conversations is an expression of me. It's not when I, you know, have a gazillion downloads or an audience of, you know, half a million that then I feel freedom. It is, no, I feel freedom. I feel good enough. I feel worthy. I feel blank, whatever that is for you. I feel that. And therefore, because of that, I take these kinds of actions, which create certain results as a natural byproduct. Absolutely. I think so much of that, really, what we were talking about before the show started was just knowing really how loved we are. And I think people can express that in different ways. But it's like each and every single one of us have the most beautiful brains on the planet. There's no other animal that has the ability to have such control and freedom in the manifestation process to, like you said before, with our consciousness to really master who we are and to really look out into this beautiful landscape of life and to be who we want to be and to create a life that we love. And I think that it absolutely begins with that frequency, as you talked about, really recognizing how worthy we are. Like one thing I always go back to is it's the origin of our creation that we all deserve. We're all worthy. And I know so many beliefs can come up such as like, there's not enough to go around or how could I want when other people have less and all these things that come in the way. But I really believe that whenever we are in our fullness, we're able to contribute to the world in a way that really creates the impact and helps the people that need the help, you know? And so I think for people who are struggling with this idea of really stepping into their fullness and knowing that they're worthy. I think some people can feel like a lot of it is, you know, I love the term also like woo-woo, you know, and just like, well, how do I know, you know? And so from a shaman's perspective, how can we explain to them how the unseen manifest the scene? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm having I'm having a lot of conversations in my head yes. about the <laughs> woo-woo because we use it, but then we don't realize that it sometimes denigrates our perspective of what actually is the most powerful, we'll call it reality mechanism that is at work. If we remove a lot of the language around some of these concepts, it's very obvious how reality is created. So for example, if we remove the word manifestation, right? I think pretty much everyone can agree that you get an idea, right, which is a, a non-physical thing, and that non-physical thing can be created through the pathway of action, and then that then appears as a physical expression, right? Or sometimes a non-physical expression, but it like exists in the world, right? Like an online business. <laughs> it doesn't have like a physical place, right? But there are aspects of it that you can interact with physically. So the only 
difference that I would say when we like pull in the concept of manifestation is that is really understanding that ideas, these thoughts that come in are a result of who we be, right? Like let's use Albert Einstein as an example, right? He was able to receive the idea about, you know, the theory of relativity and gravity and, and all of the all of the things that he was able to bring into this plane. He was able to receive that because he was a mathematician. He was embodying a way of being that allowed for him to receive certain ideas. He then had to execute those ideas, and then that is what brought them into reality for everyone else. I can't say for sure Albert Einstein was the only one to come up with certain mathematic formulas and so on and so forth. There might have been others, but he was the one who was able to actually execute to bring it out into reality. So we have to understand that at the root of the reality that we are experiencing is really who we embody, who we think that we are, or not even in a conscious way, but in a, an unconscious way. So when you were talking about, you know, really being able to see that you are loved and so on and so forth in order to be able to create the life that you desire. It ultimately is about self-love, 1,000%. Because when we begin to take the judgment off of who we be and begin to love ourselves for who we actually are, not for who we are trying to be or who we think we need to be in order to have a certain level of success or or in order to have what we desire and we begin to embody who we genuinely desire to be in this life i don't think a lot of people realize that they don't know themselves because they are embodying characteristics traits ways of being that their mother or the education system or our society told them that they needed to be in order to be accepted. So ultimately, we have to learn how to, number one, tease out our ways of being that actually are no longer serving us, and then consciously choose who we desire to be in order to create that reality that we desire. I love that. I think, you know, going back to Einstein for a moment, I just want to say, as you were saying that, what came to mind for me was like, he was the one that listened. It's like, I guarantee you other people probably had these ideas coming, but he was the one that listened. And so it's so powerful to see that there is this pure awareness that is loving and supporting and nurturing who we're becoming. But a lot of times, like you said, we don't even know who we are. And so it's like, how can we even begin to love ourselves? And I think a lot of times we think who we are is our personality, but you and I both know that's not true. That's evolving throughout our lives. And we're going to have many different personalities depending on experiences. I mean, in every moment, our point of consciousness is evolving. And so in this journey, that leads me into my next question is, what do you think it is that keeps people from fully waking up to who they really are and what they're meant to do here in this life? A big 
I mean, there's a few, but ultimately I think it comes down to judgment. I've been working on um, bringing through this concept of, of the essence and aligning with the essence in order to be in your highest expression, experience the abundance you desire, so on and so forth. And it's been really amazing. I've been doing this only with my clients so far. And when they start to do this work on what their essence is, because the essence is deeper than personality, right? Personality can change. Essence is kind of like a core truth or a core frequency that you are here to embody. So many of them had experiences that disconnected them from their essence. And I'm using the language of, you could say like archetypes or those sorts of energetic expression that we see on the range of the yin and yang spectrum. But there's so much judgment that we have because when we're young or we are in school or, you know, playing with our friends, certain things are said or we learn certain things that maybe tell us that an aspect of ourselves is wrong, bad, not good enough, and so on and so forth. And so we try to disassociate from that aspect of ourselves in order to be blank. For women, it's really, you know, trying to be the good girl, trying to be um, the people pleaser, right? And so we disconnect, let's say, from the aspect of us that we perceive as bossy or the aspect of us that is direct or perceived as aggressive or mean or whatever. When we understand that actually we are all of the things and that there's not a right or wrong, good or bad, we are able to accept certain traits about ourselves. And then we become so much more magnetic, fulfilled, free, because it really all starts in here. We can't go trying to get other people to accept us until we start accepting, like, this is the version of me that is cold. And these are the circumstances where that happens. And is that aligned with who I want to be right now? We do have choice, right? But until we become aware of these aspects of ourselves, it's very difficult to accept all those, you know, the dirty or the shadow sides of ourselves. And so in this journey, how do we begin to actually peel these layers back and discover who we are more fully? Yeah. Well, the beauty of how this reality is created is that our reality is always showing us who we think we are. So we can look at what do we perceive as problems and what are our triggers? Like what is creating emotional reaction in us? Because that's showing us, okay, hey, you've bumped up against a perception, a belief, something that is a limitation to your potential. And so Whenever we are coaching myself and my, my team, whenever we're coaching clients and they're bringing certain problems to us that are happening in their reality, we have a process through which we're able to tease out, well, why? Why is this a problem for you? And who would you be if this was not a problem? Usually there's 
some state of being that they are resistant to be. Usually there is some way of being that they've adopted that isn't working for them. Like I find female entrepreneurs often getting triggered around not having enough time to do the things that they want or not having enough time to focus on their business or whatever. Meanwhile, they're saying yes to everyone, right? Because they don't want to be mean or a disappointment or to hurt anyone's feelings or so on and so forth. So then we get to tease out, is it serving you to continue being the people pleaser? Or is it okay to allow yourself to embody this version of you that is, we can call her, for everyone, it's a different, you know, it could be a different name. You could look at her as like, oh, I would be the CEO. The version of me that would have the time that I need to work on my business and the version of me that would say no to things that aren't aligned, maybe I call her the CEO or maybe she's, you know, the boss chick or maybe she's playfully the villain. Sometimes having that um, that name that you put on that aspect of yourself can help you to see it more clearly and then also then begin practicing working with that aspect of yourself and seeing, hey, actually, not everything falls apart <laughs> when I allow that side of myself to express or, you know, not everyone hates me when I tell them no. So there's a lot of different methods that you can use, but ultimately the tool that you want to use is curiosity. Getting curious about, huh, why did that trigger me? Huh, where did that come from? Huh, is that serving me? Huh, I wonder what it would look like if I embodied this other version of me. It's yeah. really just about curiosity and, and opening up the possibilities. Absolutely. I think so often we're in, as I referenced the term earlier, autopilot that we are moving so fast through our day and seeing all the problems and trying to fix everything that we don't even see ourselves. And so it's like pausing long enough to observe those triggers and to see how we're showing up in a way that is actually sabotaging the exact potential that's, you know, many times literally right in front of us. I know for myself, it's a constantly like surrendering. You know, I'll be with my kids and, you know, they'll, say something and I want to snap off. I have to like recognize that energy in me before I act, you know, in order to begin to change the pattern. And, and not only that, but it's like you said earlier, the judgment is so strong. I notice even in myself, like I'll notice patterns or things that aren't serving me. And even though I'm noticing, sometimes I can be hard on myself and say, you know, and then I'm judging that I wasn't enough. And so it's like, just loving yourself enough to be like, okay, we're going to get through this. You know, it's okay. Like the awareness in the first place is the win. And so I think it's so important that that self-love and that journey of just discovering yourself. It's like the most beautiful love you're ever going to experience is yourself. So in this, one thing that I noticed or that I have learned a lot about, and I think when you learn something, a lot of times for me, I'll take it as truth and then I'll kind of go and I'll experience it. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know, maybe I have my own perspective. And I think that's true for all of us. 
But I remember learning about the difference between the soul and the ego. And so I certainly have experienced that myself and have come to my own thoughts. And I think that through sharing, we can always dig deeper into this. And I think this also aligns with where we're leading, which is listening to that voice within. And so what is your perspective on the soul versus the ego? Mm. I think um, it can be really beneficial to just understand the frame or the context that the soul and the ego exist in. And that gives us some clues when we are trying to hear the inner voice and really discern which is which. So our ego exists only in this life. And it is the aspect of you that has had all of your experiences. It is the aspect of you, you know, that identified as your name and your gender and your ethnicity and where you're from and so on and so forth. So it is a tool through which you're able to experience time and separation and challenges in order to learn on this earth school. It's also the part of you that experiences fear because it's concerned with your survival. Now, the soul, this limitless aspect of yourself, lives outside the confines of time. It has had more experiences than just this lifetime because it's always existed in some way, shape, or form. It's, it transforms. And it also sees the bigger picture, right? You can almost imagine like this big, huge sphere that just continues on to infinity. And inside of it is this little tiny circle that is the ego, that is you having an experience in this lifetime. So being able to tell the difference, I feel like, is now really easy once you understand those two frames. Because... Our ego is going to communicate in that frame. So because it exists only in this lifetime, it is always concerned with time, right? Like all of its conversation will have something to do with, we don't have enough time, or this isn't the right time, or something around time. It will usually, there's a there's an urgency to that voice. Then the ego will also communicate with a sense or a frequency of fear behind it, right? Like, if I do that, then blank will happen because it is constantly using the experiences that it's had before, the things that it's seen in the past, to try to predict the future. It's always looking for, if I do this, then that. Now, on the flip side, the soul experiences and sees all of the possibilities at the same time, things that your ego has never even thought of as possible. So it is not concerned with, if I do this, then that. In fact, when your soul speaks to you, it won't tell you necessarily why you're doing something or what's going to come as a result. It's just going to guide you to, like my voice told me to get up. It said, get up get dressed, go to the hospital. I didn't know why I was going to the hospital. I didn't know what was going to happen when I got to the hospital. I didn't play out scenarios of like, 
if I go to the hospital, then it's going to be this. And what if it's this and blah, 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 blah. Like that would be ego having the calm with you. The soul is very, it's direct when it speaks to you, but it doesn't give you, doesn't give you excuses. It doesn't give you, you know, the entire unfolding and so on and so forth. The other thing about the soul when it communicates is that it doesn't have the same urgency. So it will, like I said before, it will it will whisper first and then it will get louder and then it will just start affecting your life because the ego is living inside of the soul. The ego is experiencing a brief, brief moment, right? Inside of this bigger picture, this bigger entity that is you all encompassing and limitless. So it doesn't put a lot of pressure or fear. It will literally sometimes just, it will just speak where the human aspect of us, you know, has impatience and tries to figure things out. Aspect of us doesn't really operate in that way. The other thing about um, soul communicating with you, I say it, it communicates through the voice of intuition. That's its voice. And intuition can come through a variety of ways. It could be just a knowing. It could be literally a voice like what I heard. It could be sight, getting a glimpse. Deja vu is another example of it from my experience. That's how I perceive that. But it is much quieter and it takes pause to really hear it. Most people can't hear it speaking because there is no space. They don't create space. They don't pause before going about the next thing in their day. It does require a certain level of stillness. And that stillness doesn't mean go and sit and meditate for four hours. The stillness is a state of being within yourself. That stillness, that pause can literally be happening while you are doing things, right? Like if you've ever taken a shower and all of a sudden got insight into what you should do next or how to solve something that you were trying to figure out how to fix. That's what I mean. That can be so tricky, I feel, for so many people who are just getting into this work. I know especially people are always drawn, not always, but many times drawn to manifestation because we all have dreams and desires. If you're living, you have something you want. And it's like, I've been in my own life after a desire that I thought was truly right. But then I came to the point of realization that there was another path. And in pursuing this path, I actually was negotiating with myself of why it was the right path. And, you know, there's been so many experiences on my own. And I know those of you listening, and I know you as well. And it's this deeper connection with ourselves, like you said, the stillness and really developing who we are in our connection with ourselves that we can begin to see which desires are soul-driven versus ego-driven. But I think that journey is ongoing. It's like you get a glimpse or the next chapter and a little bit more of an understanding and then you gain that experience and that knowing within your being. And then it's like, okay, well, there's, oh, here's another lesson, you know, and it's this beautiful journey but for you in this in this journey of manifesting a life that we love it's like sometimes you'll manifest something and you're like okay well i don't know if that was 100% but i also know that even when you're following a path that 
maybe ego driven in the end, it's still right where you need to be because in every moment you are becoming and expanding. But for you, how can you help us further in this understanding of that soul driven desire versus the desire that actually is ego driven? Well, you are 1000% correct that even ego driven desires are not wrong. When you really grasp that time does not exist and really understand that there aren't mistakes. We are just here to experience and learn. And sometimes we learn by going through or going on a direction that wasn't ultimately fulfilling, satisfying, desirable, et cetera. And sometimes it takes multiple lifetimes to figure out. But on a more practical way, I mean, obviously, I'm creating content all the time. (laughs) So for sure, if you um, want to learn more and get more insight, anyone can always follow me on on YouTube or Instagram at The Royal Showman. And I do have a new podcast out called Euphoric Evolution, where I'm diving into these, these conversations about how we master our evolution. It is an a lifetime process. However, I believe that through the process of what I call euphoric evolution, we can actually enjoy the journey. We don't have to wait until the end result. In fact, when what you desire comes in and it feels normal before you've ever even experienced it, like that's when we know, all right, your nervous system your state of being is a match to hold that because I don't like for people to just experience what they desire as like a one-off lottery hit, right? What we really want is for us to experience abundance as our everyday reality and then create from that fulfilled place. That's so beautiful. So true. I love it. And I'm absolutely so excited for your podcast. Congratulations. So needed. Thank you. It's been a long time coming, like (laughs) probably three, four years in the making, but I really, you know, it was an unfolding. And so I didn't, I didn't want to force or push that to happen. And now it's here and it's in such flow. I love it. And it's normal. It is actually, I feel like I've been doing it forever. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Well, tell me a little bit more. You kind of hinted at when we don't listen to that voice guiding us that it'll affect our lives. Tell me more about that. Oh, well, um, (laughs) this is the, you know, this is mostly what awakens people, right? Because when that voice starts with a whisper and we don't listen to it, it then has to show up in our reality. So I've seen it show up lots of different ways. It can show up as, you know, you're trying to build something, you're trying to build a business and literally nothing you do works. Well, we have to look at, is that actually even in alignment? Is this even what you want to be doing? Or are you doing it because you think this is what you need to do in order to be successful? Mm. Right. Or certain relationships start to fall away all of a sudden at the same time, sometimes in dramatic ways. 
<laughs> it's funny because this life seems to really work through through the drama, right? Like through these events that take place in our lives. And oftentimes we just look at the surface level of, you know, my friend broke up with me, right? Friend breakups suck. But like, oh, my friend broke up with me. We look at the surface level of, you know, she said this and then I did this and so on and so forth. But we don't look at, well, what was really at the root of that? Is it that you are transforming and becoming someone else and that created a dysfunction in the relationship? So really beginning to understand that the reality that we are experiencing right now is a result of who we were being in the past. And the reality that we are going to experience in the future is a result of the decisions that we make right now. So when we understand, okay, these things came up in my reality now, who was I being that created this reality? Is this the reality that I want to continue experiencing? If not, who can I be? Who can I embody? This is really like, what are those characteristics? What's that frequency or that state of being that I can be in order to create the experience of reality that I desire, where I'm, you know, deeply connected community of friends, or I'm, you know, financially free and I have horses running outside and chickens in the coop, whatever it is. Really getting clear on what are the decisions that I've been making and what has been the result of those and how can I how can I make more aligned decisions most of the work that I end up doing with people is working through the internal resistance that they have the main thing that I also see people just really getting confused about when it comes to creating flow in their life is understanding the difference between that inner resistance and external resistance. Most of the issues that are created in our life or that we are experiencing are a result of inner resistance, not necessarily external. 100%. I could not agree with you more. I feel like in my own journey, the more that I become aware of myself, the more times, like you said earlier, being triggered, it's like, it's actually more about me right now. <laughs> like, it wasn't anything to do with them. It was more about me. <laughs> and so just like healing that part of myself and asking the right questions to find the path that is going to lead me to that fulfillment. And really just for me, I think I came to a place of realization that the biggest thing that I wanted was just peace, you know, and I was only mm -hmm. going to find that within myself. It's like, cause you know, we can manifest a million bucks and we can have our, you know, dream spouse and our family and all the things that we perceive to want. But it's like at the end of the day, life is going to continue to be life. And it's like the experience of life is the experience of yourself. And so for me, it's that inner peace that I'm constantly reminding myself, hey, you actually have access to that right now. And it's in that space for me that I get to hear the voice. I remember the first time that I really was aware fully, I was at the grocery store and I felt that I should just acknowledge the clerk and just tell her she was beautiful and that, you know, to give her a compliment. And I remember feeling so uncomfortable you know, because I don't know her and I'm just going to like say this thing I feel like I need to say. 
And, you know, I don't know what that ripple effect was, but I listened. And what I found is that every time that I listened, it's almost as if I could hear it more the next time. And the more that I listened, there was more trust that I knew that this was going to lead to something good. But I think for so many people, it's like when we have these thoughts about like you said, like identity, like the ego, like how is this going to affect me or make me look or the part of us that wants to protect the identity. I think it's so easy to, to be so busy in that analytical side of us that we can't even be aware of that voice of love guiding us. And so in this journey of listening and following and being in flow, how do people coming into this work for the first time, other than obviously listening, because as I said, for me, that definitely builds the trust and builds the ability or the confidence, I should say, to listen. But for some people, I think it can feel really scary and uncomfortable. So how do they begin to build that trust and that connection to that part of themselves on a daily basis? The best way is to let it be small. I think that there's, once we become aware, there can be a lot of pressure to utilize and leverage our intuition for the big decisions in our lives. However, if you haven't yet built that muscle, meaning having practiced listening to that voice in small ways first, to have that confidence and that trust that, hey, when I do follow it, either I don't die or good (laughs) things happen when I do, right? In order to build that trust, you have to first let it be small. So don't wait until, you know, you're trying to decide whether you should have like this drastic surgery for your body to be the first time that you listen to your intuition. Like (laughs) that's a lot of pressure and you're probably going to psych yourself out. So I invite people to start every day. I love using really practical practices like you got to eat every day, you got to shower every day, you got to, you know, put clothes on. So utilize those things that you're doing every day to practice listening to your intuition instead of getting in your head about what you should wear and why and blah, 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 blah. Just go to your closet and intuit what to wear, like at least one piece, right? What is the top that I feel called to? And then actually follow through on it and see what happens that day. Did you feel more yourself that day? Did you, you know, get a great compliment that you had never heard before or whatever? Do the same, you know, with food. So long as you don't have, you know, any eating disorders or things that you need to actually go and work on. But if that's not your scenario, really intuiting like, go to the fridge and what is it that your body wants to put in it and allow yourself to put that in your body, right? When you go to take a shower, having a couple options of like which body wash you want to use, right? And then allow yourself to intuit which one. Sometimes we just do certain things automatically, but taking just a moment to really feel into, does this feel good? Or does this feel good? Or this top or this top? And over time, you get more and more comfortable using that for for bigger and bigger decisions. Like, okay, is now the right time to go to the post office or should I, you know, or maybe I wait. It's this thing that I call, I called it this last week with um, 
with a friend, I was talking about spontaneous desire, right? Spontaneous desire where there's not really a rhyme or reason why you want to experience something, but um, you allow yourself to actually experience those spontaneous desires. Like your example of just spontaneously wanting to share how beautiful this cashier was, right? To just tell her there wasn't a why or I'm going to get blank out of doing this, but it was something that rose up in you and you followed through on it. We get those hits throughout the day, but often we're just not listening to them. So let it be small. Allow yourself to use this in the your daily practices, the things you're doing every day, and then also listening to those little spontaneous desires that arise. Such a beautiful approach. Be gentle with yourself. One little step at a time. Everything does not have to be go hard or go home. Yes. You know, all in or out. Not everything needs to be that way. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And I think like when you look at the 30,000 foot view of, you know, five years of doing this, starting small and then continuing to listen, it's like who you become man, you look back, it's like, wow, look how much your life has expanded and evolved into something so beautiful. And it's not just your life, meaning what's in your reality, it's you, because you become the part that's like unshakable, because you always have this connection, knowing that you're being carried and loved and supported. And I think, gosh, it makes me so excited just to like, be alive, you know, to get to have this experience and this connection. And do you find um, that sometimes I feel like growing up, my mom used to tell me like people are the hands and feet of God. And so sometimes we'll get messages from other people as well, confirming or maybe a new message. Does that happen also? 1000%. You know, even what led me on my journey was certain individuals showing up in my reality, either saying a sentence or just by their presence in weird or unique ways that then confirmed for me what was right. From my perspective, and this is not everyone's perspective, but from my perspective, we are here to create, to connect, and every single one of us is a manifestation or an expression of divinity. And so we all play that role in one another's lives. And we are all interconnected. I know in a lot of manifestation conversation, you know, the core, the premise is like you create your life. And that is partially true, mm -hmm. um, at least from a human perspective. From the big picture, yes, you create your reality. But from the more human level down here and in, in, in the 3D, we are co-creating this reality, I don't think enough people are having conversations enough about how we heal in community, how we create in community, that this idea, the hyper-individualism that we have without the recognition of how others are influencing us, how we are influencing one another, how systems play a role, how society plays a role, our race, like all of those things are also playing a role in the reality you're creating, right? So recognizing that 
possibilities and potentials and confirmation can all come from other people as a reflection of ourselves. It happens all the time and we get to be open to that. I, I highly recommend being yeah. open to those to those messages, those insights, those truths coming through the channel of other people. It's so hopeful to know two things that you shared today that have really touched me is one is the limitless part of us. It's like anytime we're facing something that feels like the end of the world or just so heartbreaking and painful, it's like, it's okay to feel that. It's not bad to feel that. It's it's good. I mean, emotion is a part of life and we get to feel it all. But also to know that there's always a part of us that sees it all. There's a part of us that's so much bigger just to remember that we have that connection. And the other thing is to know that we're not alone. There's other people out there who are good people and have good intentions and can be the vessel of hope or inspiration or guidance for us as well. And so one final question I have for you as we come to a close, I've had so much fun in our journey together today. And I think a lot of times when it comes to manifesting our dream life, we look out, like I said before, it's kind of like, hey, what do I, look at the catalog of life. What do I want to experience? And we're doing this inner work and we're embodying this higher version of ourselves already experiencing those dreams and we're healing the past and all of these things. I think there's this expectation that inconveniences or roadblocks won't come up. But I find in my own journey, that's kind of a part of it. So I would love to hear your side and your take on that. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not doing it right or start getting caught up on how it's not happening. Can you share a little bit on your thoughts and the inconveniences and the roadblocks that come up? Yeah, that's a great example of like the external resistances that come up. Mainly those happen along the way as an opportunity, right? We can see them either as obstacles or we can see them as opportunities. They are opportunities because sometimes we are not yet ready. We haven't become the version of us fully that is ready to experience what is trying to come in. And I'll give a really great example of this. A few years ago, I had some really incredible opportunities that manifested in my reality. One of them was with Solvana, which was like a branch of Mind Valley, which has been absorbed. It doesn't exist anymore. But here I got this like glimpse of the level at which I could operate at. The CEO of that company emailed me personally and was like, hey, I saw this. I'd love to have you contribute to Solvana and blah, 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 blah. Right. Clearly, that did not fully manifest into reality. And now that I'm looking at it, looking back on it, my company was in no way prepared to hold that level of abundance that was coming in, right? So I had to, number one, work through my own internal resistance about, oh, well, what does this mean about me that this whole thing fell apart? Shortly after, I like I recorded like six episodes for their podcast and so on and so forth. It didn't come in. Well, now I can look at it and there were a few things. Well, number one, I got a glimpse at the level of thought leader that I was already showing up as, 
right? That was already there, but I wasn't fully embodying it. The second piece was that really, from my perspective now, those episodes were meant for my podcast, right? I was getting a glimpse into the podcast that was going to come out of me, right? But I couldn't see those in that exact moment. And so when I look at what obstacles are showing up, then I can also compare or question or get curious about, well, who would the version of me that didn't experience this as a problem? Like, what would that version of me be like? Well, in that example, the version of me who already had a successful podcast, (laughs) she would not be attached to the fact that I recorded six podcast episodes and they didn't come out on this platform, right? Or the version of me that fully was able to benefit from being on that platform, well, she would be really operating as a CEO and she would have a company with offers and containers that were able to really hold the people that likely would come from an opportunity like that. So I went about becoming her and creating those containers Because at the time when that happened, I was mainly only working with clients one-on-one. I didn't have the library of offers that I have. I say library. I only have like three main offers. (laughs) Um, I take my time with creating them. But so now, you know, we're a few years later. This is that that happened in 2020. Now I've embodied that version of me so much more that those obstacles that I thought were like the end of the world, like are you kidding me? I was very upset. Um, <laughs> this huge opportunity comes in and I record the podcast and everything. And then boom, they email me and they're like, we're sorry, we're getting absorbed into Mind Valley, and your podcast episodes aren't going to come out, right? I'm having the same experience with my book at this exact moment <laughs> that I've been writing for two years. So yeah, I look at them as opportunities, but I always start first with like when an obstacle comes up, I reevaluate, I do a reevaluation of like, check-in moment, is this actually in alignment with who I'm here to be? Because we do get manifestations that are like blocks or limitations or whatever that are like a, hey, reevaluate, like, do you even actually want this? We're going to give you an out right now so you can get off this path. (laughs) And sometimes we're just so attached to, oh, I think I think that I have to do this in order to get X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, actually, there's all these other ways that you could still get to what it is that you desire. A hundred percent. There was a time when my husband and I got into real estate and we purchased this $2.8 million boutique hotel in New Orleans. We designed it. We did all this stuff. And I think about six months in, we looked at each other and we're like, okay, I think this is enough. I don't think we want to do this. And so I know exactly what you mean. But I find too, it's like, It's the little things too. I think I know you're a mom as well, but like for me, I'll be, you know, they know when I'm working, but they'll come in and they'll need something. And years ago, I would really look at that as like, oh, you're bothering me. Like, you know, like I am working. Okay. This is serious business. Fly for death, (laughs) you know? And as I've evolved, I've come to know like that's an open door. Like you said, who am I here to be? And I think above all, being a mom and the, people they are becoming and nurturing them, like that's a calling higher than 
in my opinion, my own perceived desires, like that is so deep. That's another soul. And, and they, you know, chose me as their mother. And so it's like, even those small daily inconveniences, it's like, at the end of the day, there is a flow to the universe and us being open to it. And, and I think too, the things that come up, for example, we had a, um, we started trying, this is kind of a long story, but I had a surgery. I couldn't get pregnant. So in 2019, I got it removed, let go of the desire. Nothing was happening. I wasn't getting pregnant in 2021, 2022, excuse me. I got pregnant unexpectedly. We were shocked. Didn't think I could get pregnant, but I had a miscarriage. And I just remember, you know, like, of course, I just was like, why? You know, I was pissed off. I was hurt. I knew that I had to go through it. So I just allowed myself to feel everything. And in the end, when I felt ready, I started to, I was like, okay, well, I know gratitude is really important here. So let me, you know, start to think about this in a new way. And my mom had nine miscarriages before she had me. And so I was like, okay, well, now I can connect with my mom in a new way that before it was just a story for me. And now it was like, I can feel that with her. You know, I work with a lot of women and I'm like, you know, before I didn't understand and now I can have compassion for them. And I looked at my own kids and I was like, wow, like I, you know, some women go through that and still are struggling to have kids. I'm like, I I have kids, you know? And so my connection to them and my gratitude for them. And, and then it opened up this doorway of, well, do we, do we actually want to pursue this more intently and like listening to that voice within? What is that next step? You know, bringing this life into form. And so I haven't announced it on social media, but people on the podcast know I am pregnant. We went through IVF and it's like, yay. Yes. It's so exciting. Um, but it's like those inconveniences, those things that happens. It's like, it's not the end of the story. It's a point on the map. And it's like, it's all about who we become in the process. And I think also it's, how are we going to respond to it? I think we can either contract or expand and it's a beautiful journey, this life we're on. That's for sure. And you have inspired me. You have shined a light in so many areas for me to take an account and to reflect on and to continue this journey with myself. And I know the people listening here have been touched. And so I'm just so thankful for you and the work that you're doing. I'm so excited to support you on your podcast and to continue to cheer you on. I know you shared before, but if you would share one more time, I know people, if they weren't listening like fully and like writing it down, now's their time. Of course, we're going to have links, but can you share one more time how people can find and connect with you? Yeah. The easiest way is I'm at the Royal Shaman pretty much everywhere. So my website, theroyalshaman.com, Instagram at the Royal Shaman or on YouTube at the Royal Shaman. And then also, of course, you know, the podcast is out now, Euphoric Evolution on every, you know, every major podcast platform. It is there. I am going to go binge it because I, I don't know how I didn't know, but I do now. So I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, we got to do a better job of getting our marketing like really <laughs> out there because so many people are like, wait, I feel like I've been waiting for this forever and I didn't know and I'm 10 episodes in. Dang, girl, you're doing it. That's a big deal. That's a commitment. I'm so proud of you for that. Thank you. And to you too, congratulations on all of the amazing things that are coming into your life. I know personally the excitement of a pregnancy after miscarrying and, and all of the challenges that can happen for some of us. And just 
I don't know. I feel like I have a very different level of gratitude than I even thought was possible for having my son. I'm back to homeschooling this year. And I think even all these years later, it's like a decade later, just some of the experiences that I had in the process of having him have me approach my role as a mother in such a different way. Like I love (laughs) y'all. I love every, you know, the people that I affect and so on and so forth and whatnot. But the truth is when I look at, okay, if I was, if this was my funeral, how many people, like who's going to actually be there? Well, I know for sure it's going to be this guy, right? It's going to be this kiddo of mine. It's going to be my husband. It's going to be my mom and so on and so forth. So we can often, and I'm completely guilty of, you know, just taking for granted the people that we are in this for, but like a lot of the things that we're doing is also for them. So making sure to take time for them and create space for them is, is so important. I'm for sure not perfect. Cause I'm also like, I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Especially with him now being home 24 seven. I'm like, can I have an hour please? I can relate so much. I have been homeschooling also for three years and my kids now are 15, 14 and same as yours, almost 11. And they're going back to school this year. And I'm like, okay, I can all age. (laughs) I'm going to just have so much Yes. I know. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself because literally it's like, you know, right after this, I'm going to go check their rooms and check their chores. We have this whole routine and it's, you know, it's evolving, but oh boy, I don't know if I'll take them back and homeschool again. It makes me, you know, the world is a beautiful place, but also, you know, it's just one day at a time, one day at a time. One at a time. That's it. I try not to think about the, and I'm like, all right. So right now this year we're homeschooling. He was in private school last year and I don't know where he will be next year, but we're, you know, we're trying to find a rhythm that works for him. The last time I homeschooled him, he was much younger. So we're just going with, we have to go with the flow on this. Yes. Well, he has a mom with a strong connection to her intuition. And so every step you take as a mom is going to be guided and it's going to be exactly what he needs. So I'm excited for you. And again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. I have loved every single moment. Thank you so much for having me. Here we are again at the conclusion of another episode. I'm sending you a virtual hug, and I want you to know I am so proud of you for staying committed to your dreams. It's all possible, and it begins with you. If you'd like to discover more support, visit marissamorrison.net, where I have created opportunities for you to connect, expand, and to evolve into your greatest potential. Until next time, friend, I'm thinking of you and sending you all my love.